We are learning the Sicha of Parshas Truma in Chelak Chav Aleph of Lukut Sichas, and it's the third Sicha in this volume. So this Sicha deals with the cups that were told by Hashem to Moshe to make in the menorah. And here the Rebbe discusses the design of the cups based on the explanations of Rambam. And we will begin by learning the following. Regarding the image of the cups, the gevim, the little cups on the menorah, our sages teach us, what did they resemble? What kind of kosovs, what types of gevim, what kind of cups were they? And we learned that they resembled kosos Alexandrium, certain cups that were from in the style of Alexandria. And the Rambam explains in his commentary on the Mishnah that this refers to a cup that has a narrow bottom. The bottom of the cup is very narrow and it gets more wide as it goes upward. And similarly, in, in his work of Halacha, in addition to the commentary on the Mishnayis, the Rambam declares that these gevim, these cups, resemble the kosos, the cups of Alexandria, that had a wide top and a narrow bottom. And this seems to be something puzzling because we do have a drawing from the Rambam regarding the menorah, which he drew in his old hand, in his own hand, in his commentary on the Mishnah. And there he draws the cups in the opposite manner. The wide part of the cup, the mouth of the cup, so to speak, is at the bottom of the menorah in his drawing. And the narrow part of the cup, the bottom, is at the top. In other words, it seems to be that type of cup, but upside down. And even though the Rambam himself indicates that this drawing is not to teach us anything other than the general style of the menorah, how many cups there were, exactly where they were placed, how were they placed, but not necessarily to teach us the design of the menorah in a very accurate way, but on the other hand, we don't seem to understand why is it drawn the opposite way with the bottom at the top and the top of the bottom. In other words, why does it appear to be completely upside down? So therefore, we have to say that the Rambam drew this in a manner because this is the way the Rambam felt they were actually put in the menorah. When the menorah was carved out, they were put in in this manner. And maybe this is what the Rambam had learned or maybe the Rambam bases this on a medrash that we don't have. But the bottom line is that this is how the Rambam shows it to us. And he does not bring it in the book of the Yad HaChazaka and the book of Halacha, just like he doesn't bring other uh, drawings that he has on the Perush HaMishnayis. And what could be the reason for that? So one, maybe the Rambam initially when he said to write his perush on the Mishnah Torah, did not have this drawing yet. And the Rambam is very, very careful not to bring anything in his work that's not explicitly explicitly stated in the Shas, in the Talmud. And no matter which way it is, it doesn't seem to make a difference in the Halacha. And then the Rebbe continues that we can talk more about this, but not necessarily in the Sicha. Now we understand why the Rambam draws it like this, but why, why does he do it 
in a way that is upside down. And especially when we study about the general building of the Mishkan, which we study in this Parsha of Truma, we learn that the beams of the Mishkan had to be standing in a manner in the way they grow. In other words, the way the wood, the way the boards were made. So whatever was at the bottom has to be at the bottom. And whatever was at the top in the pattern of the way the wood grew has to be at the top. And here we learn a general principle that all the mitzvahs that a person has to do have to be according to the way the thing initially grows or is created. So if this is how we do a mitzvah, why would the cups be put the opposite way from the way they normally are? The standard cup has the bottom at the bottom and the top at the top. And this is something that we have to understand in order to really appreciate what is the menorah altogether and why is it done in this way? What was the purpose of the menorah? Why did we need to have a menorah that had to be lit by the Kohen every single day? So here we have a very, very famous teaching of our sages where Hashem says, I don't need the menorah for its light. I don't need its light. Rather, the light is a testimonial to all the people in the world that the divine presence rests amongst the Jewish people. And the light of the menorah was not there to illuminate the place where the menorah stood. In other words, the light of the menorah, its purpose was not to illuminate the Mishkan, the sanctuary, the Beis Hamikdash, the holy temple, but on the contrary, Hashem does not need the light of the menorah, but the purpose of the light of the menorah was to illuminate the rest of the world. When they would see this light, it would be a testimonial to the fact that the Shekhinah dwells amongst the Jewish people. And that's why when we study the way Shleim HaMelech built the Beis Hamikdash and the way he designed the windows of the Beis Hamikdash, they were created in a manner that is completely the opposite of ordinary windows. The Torah tells us when it writes about the Mishkan in the book of Malachim, the Beis Hamikdash in the book of Malachim and the book of Kings, when it describes the windows in the design of the Beis Hamikdash, it calls it Shkufim Atumim. That means they were more wide on the outside and more narrow on the inside. And the Farshim, the commentaries explain it like this, that when we build a window, the purpose of the window is to bring light into the room where the window is placed. And generally speaking, the window would be wider on the inside than on the outside, so that the light from the outside should be able to spread into the room, not only directly through the window, but into the sides and corners of the room. But the windows of the Beis Hamikdash were done in exactly the opposite way. They were narrower on the inside and wider on the outside, so that the light of the Beis Hamikdash, the light of the menorah, should leave the sanctuary, should leave the Beis Hamikdash itself. It should bring light into the world. So this is the purpose of the light of the menorah, to indicate to the world that the light comes from Hashem, Hashem runs the world, and this is the source of light. So now we can explain this relating to the pattern of the cups that were on the menorah. So Rabbeinu Bechaye explains that there is a certain hint, a certain allusion to something in the cups of the menorah. He says that a cup, a gavia, is a vessel that has that receives liquid, it's a receptacle for liquid, and its purpose is to quench thirst. It, you drink from it, 
or water comes from it and it saturates wherever it's coming. And this is an allusion to the Galgalim. The Galgalim refer to the heavenly bodies that Hashem created for the purpose of Hashpah, bounty coming into the world according to the way they function, the way they orbit, etc. And they receive supernal uh, light and they bring Hashpah, they bring blessing and bounty into the Olam Hashafel, into the lower world. So they have higher powers, Kochos Elyonim that Hashem designates to them. And through their different functions, they bring blessing into the world and things will grow and there'll be day and night and the whole system of the way the world operates. So the emphasis here is that what is the purpose of the Galgalim, of these heavenly spheres, these heavenly bodies, that they bring hashbod, they bring bounty and blessing from the Elyon, from that which is above, from that which is higher, into that which is lower, from the heavens to the earth. Mashke, they give drink, they marva, and they quench thirst. So let's talk about this. What is the essential purpose of a cup in general? A cup in general is not necessarily a container for the purpose of storing liquid. This is done perhaps in a barrel or similar structures that are made for the purpose of storing liquid, wine or water, etc. But the cup is the vessel, the receptacle that houses the liquid for the purpose of taking it from the barrel, from the source, or from the well, or from wherever it is, and then a person drinks it, and the person quenches his thirst. So what do we see here? That Rabbeinu Bahaye's explanation fits in with the exposition, with the explanation of our sages regarding the menorah, the general purpose of the menorah. As Hashem says, Lo ora anitzarich. I myself do not require this light at all, but this light is there to attest to the fact that all the people of the world will realize that the purpose of the menorah is not light that Hashem needs for himself, not like a cup that it holds something, but whatever it holds, if we're talking about the cup, the water, the liquid is there to saturate or to satiate thirst. And the purpose of the light is to illuminate the world, to illuminate the outside, as in the words of Rabbeinu B'chayi that we just quoted, to be mashpia in this lowly world, to take the higher offerings, the great blessings, and to bring them down. And according to this, we can understand now why the vim, why these cups in the design of the menorah were actually created in a manner that the opening is at the bottom and the narrow bottom is at the top. Because when these cups are temporarily a receptacle, receptacles that hold liquid, for example, when a person says Kiddush on a cup of wine, how does that happen? So the cup gets filled with wine, and the position of the cup is that the opening is at the top, and the bottom, the narrow part, is at the bottom, and this contains the liquid. But the cups in the menorah are coming to allude to the fact that from the menorah, one quenches thirst. Water comes, or meaning, of course, light comes. So on the contrary, they have to be upside down. The bottom has to be at the top, and the, the top has to be at the bottom, and the bottom has to be at the top. In other words, we're indicating that the cup that is filled is turned over so that the liquid that it holds within itself should come pouring out. 
And similarly, now we understand what is the purpose of the menorah and how it gets manifested in the fact that the cups are designed upside down. Being that the light of the menorah is to illuminate the world, to illuminate the people in the world who are lower than the Beis Hamikdash, or as the way the Rabbeinu Bechaye we quoted earlier says that the bounty, the blessing, comes from above down to that which is below. Therefore, the cups of the menorah are in a position where their wider part is at the bottom and the narrower part is at the top, indicating the same thing as the windows of the Beis Hamikdash, where they were narrower on the inside and wider on the outside, which is really the opposite of how normal windows are normally made. And now we can understand what do we learn from this in our godly service, because the purpose of everything is to learn out a practical lesson and how to serve Hashem on a daily basis. So what do we see here? Since these cups allude to the fact that there is something that gives water, that gives sustenance, so to give this water for the water, for the light, for the bounty to pour out, it is necessary to have a wide opening when it comes to affect another Yid, when it comes to be involved in making a dirabitavtonim, a divine dwelling place for Hashem down here in this world, which is parallel to the idea that the light of the menorah came to spread godliness to all the people of the world. So it must be done in a manner of a wide opening with great magnanimity, with great bounty, without any limitations. It has to come from a very wide, big source. So therefore, uh, one has to take into oneself the most possible uh, blessings, learning, light. One has to grow. One has to be saturated and hold in a very wide and broad way all the Torah, all the light, all the good behaviors, and all the good avoda that one is supposed to do in this world. Now, when it comes to a person serving Hashem in this world, we really have two dimensions. A person himself has to grow. And when one grows, one grows from level to level. So when one is starting his avoda, then he has to be full of what it is that he has to offer, and his service is in some kind of limited way so his he's like the mouth of the cup is open at the top he's ready to receive the teachings and the good behaviors and all the lessons that he or she has to learn but when one has to go and transfer that learning to another yid and especially in a manner when not only do we transfer our learning and our good behaviors to other yidin but we're trying to make the entire world a godly place one has to know that there are no limitations at all and it's like the cup that's turned over with a wide opening that what we have to give over is limitless and this is really what the avoda of the yid is in this world we have to affect the entire world all its people all the things in the world all the events in the world in a way that every single thing in this world becomes godly and there, there are no limits to what it is that we put into our divine service to accomplish this. And this is now going to also help us understand the allusion to the fact 
that even though when it comes to mitzvahs, they must be done in a normal way. For example, we have a mitzvah on Sukkot to take four kinds, four types of things that grow that we learn in Chomish Vayikra. We have the estrog, we have the lulav, we bind them together. But when we fulfill the mitzvah and we bind them together, we hold them and we say a blessing. So we don't hold them upside down. We hold them right side up because that's the normal way to do this. To do this. But when it comes to the cups and the menorah, it has to be the opposite way. Because what is the purpose of mitzvahs? We can use the example of the lulav and the esrog or any other mitzvah. Mitzvahs are a way that we serve Hashem. And there's a certain pattern in which we do the mitzvahs. We get educated in the mitzvahs and we do them according to the way we are taught, according to the normal seder, the normal system that Hashem put into this world of how we do a mitzvah. And the things are done in the way they grow, in the way they're created from the bottom up. So the top is always at the top. And that's why we do it, as we call Derek de Lawson, the way they grow. But when it comes to the actual cups of the menorah themselves, which have a narrow bottom and a wide top, so that makes sense when we fill up the cup to drink. But when these cups become a portion of the menorah, notice the way the menorah was made, it was made from one solid piece of gold, and all the ornaments in it were not soldered together after they were created independently, but they were literally knocked out from that solid piece of gold because this solid piece of gold is this detail and that solid piece of gold or these details of the 22 cups of the menorah, their purpose was not in and of themselves, but their purpose was indicating that the menorah brings light into the outside. What does that mean? How does one bring light into the outside? One has to go the opposite of the normal way. The normal way is that the light is inside and the darkness is outside. Or we are human beings and we, are, we have certain natures and we have certain habits and we do certain things. But we have to go out of ourselves and spread this light everywhere else. Therefore, the windows of the Beis Hamikdash, of Hashem's dwelling place, is in a manner of as we touch Kufi Matumim. And therefore, these cups, which represent that, have their mouths at the bottom, the wide side, the side that shows that things are coming out to have an effect outside of the Beis Hamikdash, is the opposite of the way it grows. And this is the way we have to do our avoda in this world with a perachov, not only with an opening, with an actual normal opening based on where we stand, but in a much broader way about any types of limitations and any types of delineations. So that's the lesson from these cups. Then the Rebbe goes in to discuss something else. And the Rebbe says that in the drawing of the Rambam that we have in his own, from his own hand, where he draws the menorah, we find something that differs from the usual designs of menorah that we see everywhere, that the six branches of the menorah rise upward from the central branch in a straight diagonal line, not like we see it in the regular drawings, that they seem to be rounded. And even though regarding this detail, Perhaps we could say that the Rambam drew this in a straight pattern 
to make it easier to appreciate the design, to appreciate what he says, and really it would have to be rounded as everyone does it. But the son of the Rambam, Rabbi Avraham, the son of the Rambam writes that the six branches are pulled from the body of the menorah straight the way my father drew it and not rounded at all the way others have drawn it, the way others have explained it. And this is exactly what Rashi tells us in this parsha where we are told, where Moshe is told to make the menorah, that the six branches should be that they come from the center and they rise upward means in a diagonal pattern, in a diagonal line. So from here we see that the general drawings or pictures or images of the menorah that we are used to seeing are not according to Rashi and not according to the Rambam. And to come to the end of this discussion, we learn like this. The Rebbe says, if this is the case, and even though perhaps others have explained it differently, perhaps they were not familiar with the drawing of the Ramba. Many things came, were printed later, even though they had been written earlier. But the bottom line is that it would be a very good idea, that it's an expression that means to return the crown to its ancient owner. In other words, that all those who make drawings of the menorah in order to teach how the menorah in the Mishkan, in the sanctuary in the desert, or in the Beis Hamikdash, in the holy temple, looked, it would be a good idea to draw these branches of the menorah in this diagonal fashion, the way Rashi does it. Rashi, after all, is Shuto Shomikra. Rashi explains the literal interpretation of the verses in the Torah. And the Rambam explains it. And it seems that this is really how it has to be. And similarly, the educational institutions, the schools, and similar places that draw on their sheets with which they teach children the design of the menorah, they should not draw it in a rounded manner, but they should draw it in the manner that the Rambam and Rashi explain this, because what's the whole purpose of showing children or of showing people or of learning about the design of the Mishkan the whole purpose is to be a reminder, to help us remember and be aware of the menorah that stood in the Mishkan in the wilderness in the Midbar and the Mish and that stood in the Beis Hamikdash. So certainly it would be a very worthwhile endeavor to change the way they've been drawing it until now, which is commonly the way people draw the menorah, but rather to draw it the way the Rambam says, Ba'alachson in a diagonal pattern. And here we come to the conclusion of, a, of the Sikha with another point that Ebbe explains. Where do we get this design, this pattern of rounded branches to the menorah? Where does it come from? From where do we have it? And the Rebbe tells us that this pattern where the six branches that emerge from the center of the menorah are rounded is based on an estimate of the design of the menorah that we have received over the ages from people who were not Yidden, from people who in Rome who designed this, and they appear primarily in the victory arch that Titus, the Roman general who destroyed the Beis Amikdash and took the Jewish people captive, 
commemorated his victory on this arch and therefore this is where we have the images from. This is where these old images come from. So we know that when Titus destroyed the Beis Amikdash, he actually commanded that they take all the vessels, all the items of the Mishkan to Rome and in honor of this wicked ruler in Rome, they built a victory arch which carries his name, it's called the Arch of Titus. And on this arch, they etched all kinds of things to commemorate this victory of the Romans, how the captives, how the captive Caleb, how the captive articles of the Beis Hamikdash, including the menorah, were taken to Rome. And we see in those images that the menorah has six branches, but not straight, not diagonal, but rather rounded. So in addition to the fact that this is not very accurate, because this is not necessarily how the menorah that Titus took looked, uh, it also was done, why was this even designed? It was done to indicate, to emphasize the dominance, the rulership of Rome over the Yidden, to the point where in several parts of this arch, we have the words Judea Capita, Capita, which means the Jewish people, Judah, which has been captured, which has been taken as captive. And there were times that Jewish people were forced to come to this gate in order to see what is written there and what is drawn there, what designs are there in order to denigrate the Jewish people. So what is happening here? It seems from this that designing, drawing, uh, or indicating the branches of the menorah in a rounded manner, which we only know existed from the Arch of Titus from all those years back. So this should call forth a, a complaint, a scream of pain, in addition to the fact this is exactly the direct opposite of what Rashi says and what Rambam says. And we should be totally against this. Because what do we gain from drawing it like this? What does this arch indicate? This arch shows some kind of agreement, some kind of confirmation of what Titus did. So the whole purpose of this arch is to inflict pain on Yidin, is to denigrate them, is to lower them and to crush them. But really, what is supposed to be the purpose of a picture, of a drawing, of a depiction of the menorah? The whole purpose of even familiarizing oneself, studying a depiction of the menorah, is to arouse a yid that what is his purpose? The purpose of the menorah is to be an orlagoyim, as the Navi Yishayi says, that this is what a yid does. He has to be a light to the nations. And the menorah as we learn in the commentaries, the purpose in the Navi was the purpose of the menorah when the light of the Beis Hamikdash would go out to illuminate the rest of the world and people could see it everywhere that the Shekhinah dwells amongst the Jewish people. So how could we draw a menorah, depict a menorah that is the exact opposite of this to show that Rome was victorious over the Jewish people? And the conclusion is the Rebbe's prayer that may it be Hashem's will that because of Mamash speedily in our time, we should merit the arrival of the true complete Geula when we will have the menorah 
in its literal form, in its true expression, and its complete form, because we know that everything that Moshe Rabbeinu made, our sages teach us it is eternal, so we will have the menorah back in the third Beis Hamikdash, and everybody will see with their own eyes how the menorah really looks. And Moshe and Aaron will be with us, and we will see with our eyes of flesh, as we say every day, our eyes literally will see the fulfillment of the command that Hashem told Moshe to tell Aaron that when he gets up, how he should get up to light the menorah. That is the job of Aaron, and we should, the way Moshe commanded it, and we should see the fulfillment of this kipshuta mamish in the most literal sense, b'mheira b'yameinu mamish, speedily in our day. Amen. May we merit to see this very soon with our very own eyes. Thank you.